listening to the Past the Forecast podcast from Wayne 15. Hey there, I'm Adam Salarzik. And I'm Joe Struess. And we are meteorologists at Wayne 15 in Fort Wayne, Indiana. And this is the Past the Forecast podcast. We are here yet again. It's the middle of April. The snow's flying outside. We'll get to that in just a minute, but uh, how are we doing? This is another week of stay-at-home order. We're here at Wayne today to do the podcast, but other than that, we've generally been trying to stay away for our reporting days, you and I. Yeah, we've been staying at home, reporting from home, sending things back over the interwebs, and then they're punching it up uh, to the show. So that's how it's all working on our end in terms of reporters uh, being at home reporting. A lot of people are working from home. We have been having Zoom meetings. We've jumped on the Zoom train now. Uh, fascinating technology, which I'm surprised this hasn't become a thing before this. Yeah, you got people here with their children in the Zoom meetings. You got people with their pets in the Zoom meetings. It's interesting. It adds a level of comfort, actually, to know that if there was some big-time situation, we could still operate in a way uh, from afar. It's also just nice to see our coworkers that we haven't seen in months. Absolutely. Absolutely. At least in person. There's a lot of people here who we have not seen. Yes. I mean, the people that we have seen, the same six, seven people, because we come in on Wednesday and then we work our weekend shifts with the people who are scheduled then, it's the same people we've seen time and time again. There's a lot of people here who we haven't seen. So I haven't seen your co-anchor, Sierra Tufts, since the middle of March, roundabout there. It's been almost a month since I've actually seen Sierra face-to-face. Well, Sorry. That's okay. I'm just talking about you're making a reference of yeah, no, how long it's been since we've seen coworkers. To, to that point, uh, the people that work on your shift, uh, Matt, one of our production guys, <laughs> I haven't seen him in probably the same amount of time. Yep. So we're all getting through it. We're getting through it. Uh, you have you have something here. You have literally written down on our rundown is whisk wrist. It's a condition. I, I have, don't know what's going on. I have a new. I have a new medical condition okay okay i'm curious to see how this diagnosed <laughs> so i've uh been advancing in the culinary skills Yes, you have i've been very impressed yes we've been uh we've been working on a dream in the kitchen time and time again and uh the whisk the whisk is a essential essential tool for those who are who are trying to perfect their culinary skills. How big of a whisk are we talking here? Tiny whisk, standard medium whisk? Standard-sized whisk, Adam. A standard whisk. I'm just whisk. asking. I don't know. So There's a valid question here. All of a sudden, I got my whisk technique down. What were you whisking? Some eggs. Some eggs. Is this your carbonara that you made? This was for some carbonara. So I'm whisking the eggs, and you get your, you get your wrist going in a certain rotational way, right? Yes. It's not if you go to stir a whisk like you're like you're stirring, uh, say you're stirring some pasta with a large uh, kitchen spoon, right? If you try to do that with a whisk, you're going to end up with trouble because the stuff you're trying to whisk is going to end up all over the place. You have to you have to put the whisk in on an angle and kind of rotate. You have to kind of rotate. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Now th- the reason <laughs> I say I have a condition is because I figured out how to use a whisk. But now this morning, I was making my morning coffee here at Wayne 15, and I took a spoon, put my creamer in, and when I went to stir my coffee, I actually had it like between my 
my two fingers and my thumb kind of like uh, the whisk, and I was kind of rotating through. So you have muscle memory for whisking. Yes. Yes. So I have a whisk wrist. So now when I go to stir something, I am I am stirring in the same way you would use a whisk. Now, it did work out with my coffee this morning because think about using a spoon and a cup of coffee. The coffee went all over the place. This is just a <laughs> peek inside the mind of Joe Struess. That's right. I was concerned that you had a wrist injury because you were no 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 what's happening whisking is whisking too I'm taking feverishly my, or something I'm taking my whisk skills from the kitchen and applying it to other rotational things yeah, I didn't know if it was like a Wii situation where whenever the Wii came out people were getting like tennis elbow and stuff from playing the Wii too the much yeah right Wii bowling too much Wii tennis too much I didn't know if it was one of those situations where you were whisking too much and now you have a wrist. No, it's just that 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 motion of properly whisking very fast has now translated to mixing stuff with my spoon. This is um, this is where we're at, folks. Five six weeks into this COVID uh, state of living, but you're learning. I'm learning. You're that's growing. The, that's the thing. My cooking is getting exponentially better week by week. So. Pros and cons here, folks. Pros and cons. Oh, well, you were whisking things up in the kitchen, focusing on growing your culinary skills. I have been focusing on my fitness. Uh, I've been going on walks and runs around our complex, and it has been uh, interesting to run in 70-degree weather one day and then down into 40-degree weather and even 30-degree weather the next day. That was not fun. Yeah, we've been in that up and down pattern, kind of that roller coaster weather pattern that really, in my opinion, is peaking today. Yes. This is what we're all about, baby. We got snow flying. We've got snow covering some of the grassy surfaces. I said on the news, what a happy hump day gift from Mother Nature today. I mean, I knew there was the chance for a rain-snow mix today. Did not think we would see some light accumulation in grassy surfaces as far east as Fort Wayne just wonderful. This yes. is what it's all about. And this is our first topic on Tracking the Topics. Tracking the Topics. So the snow started this morning further out to the west, and it actually brought some interesting news to the Chicagoland area. Some drivers taken a little by surprise. Yeah, there was a at least 60-car pileup. The good news is no life-threatening injuries. There were a few serious injuries where people went to the hospital. Uh, but there were 60-car pileup because of, what, just an inch or two of snow? It, it It's those situations where it's low visibility, and it's just that uh, it's just that light amount of snow that causes the slick road conditions. In my mind, I think we've talked about it before, I believe that the more snow you have, the less risk you have for those big-time pileups. Because people are definitely knowing to take it slow. It's whenever there's a light dusting out there that people are like, oh, the roads are fine. They're not slick. Well, that's when they're probably their slickest because there's absolutely no traction besides uh, those spots that don't have any snow on them. Yeah, it was something where, of course, I'm sitting here celebrating that it's snowing in Fort Wayne. We're not seeing necessarily the slick conditions that they saw out west. Uh, The magnitude of the snowfall here has not been as great. So for me... It's much more of a celebratory vibe right now because it's awesome. It's awesome. It's April 15th and we've got snow falling from the sky. 
back out to the west where there was a larger impact felt from the snow, of course. You don't want to see that. Uh, I did have an interesting thought, though, from sort of the social aspect of it. Um, COVID-19, we've got our stay-at-home orders now. There is a reduction in traffic. Now, Chicago is the third biggest city in the United States. There's still going to be a fair amount of traffic for those essential businesses and those people who are moving. But how much worse would this morning have been on a normal day when you didn't have a stay-at-home order? I mean, the magnitude of traffic was less. So I'm wondering if, in a way, the regulations that are out right now actually, in a similar way, like we talked last time about some severe weather down in the south, Maybe that actually helped limit what what appeared to be a rather benign snow event turned into a little tricky for some people out there. And there's going to be no way of exactly knowing if it did or did not, but it, it is a possible theory that it does have an impact. Obviously, if you have less cars out there, you have less people that could be potentially impacted in terms of a 60-car pileup. It could have been... 80 cars, could have been close to 100. Who knows? We're yeah, just what, speculating what's your, here. What's like, your traffic density yeah. on a normal morning? Uh, Dan Ryan is one of the busiest interstates in Chicago. Um, it's multiple lanes across, and you, you just fly down it into the city, in and out of the city, uh, from the south to the north, or you're coming from the city south. What what would the normal traffic density be on that portion of, of interstate? You know, was the traffic density less so that people had more time to stop, to react to what they were seeing in front of them? Just an interesting thought. I don't know. Uh, devil's advocate here could be the opposite could be true. Maybe if there were more cars out there, the traffic density, as you mentioned, could have kept things slower. There could have been just more stop-and-go traffic. And since there were less cars out there, people were just cruising along. Could be the other way around, too. That's a good way to put it. You're kind of taken by surprise because you're cruising along, and then all of a sudden someone has a little bit of an issue in front of you, and you don't have time to react. Yep. It's something that we will never truly know, but it's just those things that if we have just a light dusting of snow, keep in mind if you are out and about whenever those happen, you have to act like there's a ton of snow and basically treat everything like it's black ice. That way you can take your time, be slow, and be able to get safely to and from your destination. Now, we're seeing just a light dusting here, right? It's not not really going to get up to an inch, at least with this round of snow. There is a chance for snow again later on this week, believe it or not. That one could have a little bit more in terms of accumulation than what we're seeing today. Not all that much more significant, but still could be a little bit higher of an amount. Yeah, the round that looks to be coming in later this week, I've only looked at it very minimally. Um, obviously, as we've talked before, today's my Monday, today's your Friday. So have not looked very close at the incoming wave of snow was focusing a lot on today's to see what what would happen and how it would impact us here but from what i have seen it looks like there could be an impactful snowfall friday but there's a lot of questions on how far north or south the axis of snowfall uh, will be obviously if you're listening to this on wednesday or thursday keep it tuned to wayne 15 for the latest forecasts um but another interesting thought that came out of our morning meeting was if we do get a one, two, three-inch snowfall in one of the more populated areas later on this week, how impactful is that? Because your schools are closed, a lot of businesses are closed, and as much as we talk, you know, I was referencing the traffic in the third biggest city in the country, our traffic locally is down as well, and we're not 
even close to the biggest city in the country, right? So we would have even less um, impacts felt from that. So it's very interesting uh, to see what will happen here. It's April, though, and by that point, we'll be in the second half of April. Today's the halfway point. Um, so what, you know, how how common is it to get a healthy snowfall? Adam, you got the numbers. Yeah, we looked up this because as we get closer towards the end of our usual typical snowfall season here for winter, uh, even though we're already in spring, it's not uncommon to see snow into April. Uh, in terms of greater than one inch, what we could potentially see on on Friday, the average last day of snow is March 16th. The latest we have seen an inch of snow was May 9th, and that was back in 1923. Now, in terms of a light dusting, a tenth of an inch or so, like what we're seeing today, the average for that is April 3rd. So we're not too far off of that. That's two weeks ago. So it's a little bit later than usual, but not completely unheard of. And the latest we've seen, just a light dusting or so, was on May 10th in back in 1945. Now, for the last five years, in terms of when our latest snow has been of just a dusting, we saw it on April 14th last year. April 19th in 2018, and then a little bit earlier in April, closer towards that average of the last dusting, uh, the 4th and the 9th in 2017 and 2016, and in 2015 back on March 23rd. What was uh, 2018 again? 2018 was uh, April 19th. That's okay, for a dusting of snow. And that sounds right because I was living in Muncie at that time, just about an hour south of here, and I remember there was a couple mornings... I. There, there may have been a couple rounds of snow that year because I remember waking up a couple mornings at my house in, in Muncie and I was like, what is this? What is this? We, we actually had a couple late season snows. So it's not impossible. No. I think if we get to the month of May and we get a sizable snow, that's really, really major. If we get anything near an inch or over as we head in towards uh, Friday, that's going to be somewhat significant because the last time we it's been several years since we've seen snow over an inch in April. The last five years, we have not seen it happen. They've all been towards the middle to end of March. So we're getting closer towards the second half of April with a chance for some uh, decently accumulating snow right around an inch, maybe a little bit more in some spots for Friday. That would be somewhat significant. Yeah, our news director said this morning he got a picture from his daughter, I believe in Grand Rapids area, um, and she had uh, certainly... A nice coating of, like, two inches. Yeah, a fair fair accumulation there, and she said something along the lines of, I don't remember the exact quote, but it was something like, you know, we're already staying at home, and now we've got to deal with this. I'm saying let's celebrate, man. This is <laughs> awesome. We have documented this so many times. You are in heaven right now with this snow. I love it. I loved Early last week, 70 degrees, sun. That was beautiful. And it was too short-lived. There's no, Exactly. There's no – I have no problem with that. I, I enjoy summer weather, but I want to flip the switch completely. Don't tease me, man. Don't give me one day or two days and then turn it into a big chance for, for rain and then give me 60-mile-per-hour winds. Come on. Well, here you are now. You're, excel you're celebrating the snow, so you want it to be the warmer weather. So we flip the switch the other way. You want it to flip the... I would rather we just stay confined to a potential for winter weather for a long time. You're disgusting. It's easily it's easily my favorite season. I don't know why. It's just the energy. I think the energy that I got as a kid when you would 
here, okay, maybe a healthy snowfall later this week. Because you're winning a snow day. It may, part of it's a snow day. Um, but I just always loved it. For some reason, I enjoyed shoveling. Um, you are. I just, I, I always had fun out there in the snow. Maybe because, ultimately, maybe because it was a way to kind of break things up. It wasn't a thing that happened every day. It was maybe something that was a little bit different that was, I don't want to call it safe, but it was, it was, it's beautiful. It's, it's comfortable. It's, it's unique. I'm not going to deny that it does not look nice outside, but I think you're crazy for wanting to continue to see snow in April. No, I'm good with it. I'm good with it as long as we can keep it. Um, But by the time we get to June and July and I'm wearing shorts and a t-shirt every day. Well, you won't be wearing shorts and a t-shirt every day. You're going to be, if you, if you have it the way that you want it, you'd be bundled up still. No, no, no. What I'm saying is once we get to the summer, flip the switch and let's stay away from it. What's the latest that you're okay with seeing snow? Right about where we're at. I'd like to get to the point where we're golfing in May and it's 70, 75. We golfed in January. I don't, some of my favorite (laughs) summer nights are early in the summer, May, Memorial Day-ish, into early part of June, when you'll get a summer night where the temperatures will fall down into the 60s. Still, uh, even even at times, maybe the upper 50s, that's getting a little cold. But you can get a fire going. That's perfect bonfire bon- weather. That's what I'm saying. If, are- if you're in the upper 40s, low 50s, you're perfect for bonfire. I'm fine with 40s. Great, great. That's Those, for me, were always like the, the, my favorite summer nights. When it, was, when it was cool and crisp out there after a decent day. You know, maybe a little bit warmer. Once we get to the second half of the summer and some of those July nights and those August nights, I mean, they're not bad. I don't mind an August night where it's muggy out there all night. I mean, that feels very Florida-like. But those bonfire nights, man, that's what it's all about. I'm just looking forward to just warmer weather. I really enjoyed last week. That's yeah, all I want. To me, I don't. it's better to get that tease in the month of April than it is in February. Yes, I mean, definitely I think it was for sure. 2018, 2018 in February, I was an intern at Wish TV, and Indianapolis set the all-time high record for the warmest day ever observed during the month of February in Indianapolis that day. It was like 78 or something. And I'm sitting there, I walked outside. I was like, "Last week we had snow coming through. What is this?" So it's definitely better in April, but I'm going to celebrate the little victories. And today's a little victory. We had snow flying. It was great out there. And if you like the snow, you got another chance to see some on Friday. I put on Twitter this morning. I was like, it's Wednesday, dot, 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 my Monday. And there was a gift that said something like, you know, may the coffee be strong and your Monday be short. And so initially I was dragging this morning. But then the next thing I opened up was uh, a nice image of some snow out west. And I looked at the radar and I was like, yes, it's coming. You were fired up whenever I walked in the building today for the snow. I mean, fired up. The snow does that. The <laughs> snow does that. You you know everybody that. else is miserable miserable about it, but you're sitting here all like, "Let's go." You've seen you've seen it through now two or really about a winter and a half. We yeah. forecasted together. We, I get. There's just an extra level of energy that goes off when I know snow's coming. So, it's, I don't know. It's good to know that if I have snow in the forecast, or if there is any kind of snow in the forecast to be prepared for you to be at another level. Yeah, and then at the same time, I'm going to keep it real. I'm not going to go out wishing for snow in the forecast. The goal is to try and be accurate with it. Yes, of course. I'm not going to be over here, okay, I love snow. I'm going to say we're going to get three inches more than what we're going to get. Absolutely not. I am 100% trying to get it right 
versus trying to wish cast. Um, but I, when, when I see it coming, I love it. I love it. The energy from a nice snowfall is unparalleled. The energy from a meteorolo- meteorological perspective, excuse me, is also very high when we get severe weather. What a spring it's been already, not just in the south, but just across the board. It's been active. Yeah, the uh, we had how many days out was it? It was a three-day out. They had a, uh, a moderate risk for severe weather. That is a level four out of five. We don't see that all that often here in our part. This was down in Dixie Alley, down towards Alabama, Mississippi, and Georgia. But even the day three from the Storm Prediction Center, three days out to issue that level four risk is extremely rare. They can't go high risk. They can't issue their highest risk three days out. They um, can, but they it, 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 it's very un, un, uncertain to be able to do that. I believe, I believe the level five is actually not an option. Is it only for on the day, day three. of? Uh, they can do a day two. It's rare to see a day two high, but I don't think. Let me pull it up right now because there's a. There's it's a just rare to see a high it. in general, so that's why. Yeah, no high highs are few and far between. Yes, yeah, so we those were, are the most extreme days. We were wondering if we were going to see a high risk issued the day of for this area, down towards Mississippi and Georgia. Uh, there were. Uh, in the course of 48 hours, from Sunday to Monday of this last week, there were at least preliminary measurements of 71 tornadoes. Yeah, just a sec on the tornadoes. Yep. Uh, I conf- confirmation here on day three, the highest they can issue is a Got moderate. It. So, I see it now. so this this was rare, but and and what you saw, what you just said, was by the time we got to the event on what was Sunday, Easter Sunday. 71 tornadoes at least that's preliminary estimates my goodness that's if that doesn't scream outbreak and here's the thing this event maybe didn't perform as well as it could have yeah exactly that's the scary thought which is a frightening thing to think about there There were two tornadoes that went through a part of mississippi i think it was the uh, jackson uh forecast office that it was down towards uh they had an ef4 that was on the ground for over 60 miles it's incredible because what a lot of listeners maybe don't know is that you can actually have an upgrade to a tornado warning. So there's a tornado warning, and then the weather service can issue what's called a tornado emergency. To you at home, it looks like a tornado warning. But to us on our end and the, the type of verbiage that we use to disseminate that information to you during a severe weather event, if it says tornado emergency, that is because there is a confirmed large deadly tornado on the ground tracking through that warning area they had two tornado emergencies going on very close to each other for some very very large tornadoes just looking at some of the radar data i was in awe and those those tornado emergencies are not issued very frequently but they are usually associated with a large tornado as you said that is going towards a very densely populated area that's correct that's so correct. If there was a, say, EF3 tornado, EF4, coming towards Fort Wayne, already in Allen County, which we don't see very often in terms of that scale already in our area, there would almost assuredly be a tornado emergency issued uh, for it coming into a highly populated area, such as Fort Wayne, but this one was down south in Mississippi. 
And what was incredible was, you know, we talk about we talk about how you don't rate a tornado until it's moved off and you look at the damage that it's done. And that's how you estimate the wind speeds. Meteorologists that I saw on Twitter who are religious for waiting to make that guesstimation were using the radar data, which was so clear during this event and openly saying on Twitter, look, these are violent tornadoes. These are catastrophic tornadoes. These are some of your strongest tornadoes. Uh, They were not afraid to use that type of verbiage just by the pictures that were being sent in from some chasers down there and the radar data. The radar data was incredible. We were seeing debris, debris. Correlation coefficient. Yeah, the good old correlation coefficient. We were seeing debris on our radar images as high as 30,000 feet up. And well away from where the center of the storm was. Miles away. So you could have a, this thing come over your house and your your property is getting displaced into the three towns next door. Wicked. Massive storms and very dangerous storms. And, and it's something to always be, we keep saying it, weather aware. Whenever we have severe weather, make sure you know what's going on. Have a way to get alerts. That way you're able to know when some of these stronger storms are getting ready to move in. It's really been active. It's really been active across the country so far. It's only April 15th. We've had a few moments already of some strong to severe thunderstorms. But just looking at the systems as a whole. There's lots of energy I don't know if it's been this active. I mean, it has been in years past. but It's been a few years. If this continues, this type of rapid... Uh, cyclone development and and severe weather setup development. I mean, it's this is this is not looking great at the moment. And I hope that two months from now we're doing this podcast saying, you know what, peak severe weather season didn't turn out as damaging as it could have been. But looking at some of the long range stuff, I'm just not, I'm not sure I'm comfortable saying that. Uh, things are really really ugly right now. So. More so than ever, people are staying at home right now with with the COVID stuff. Just keep it tuned to your local meteorologist from the Midwest to the Northeast to the Mid-Atlantic to the Southeast to the Great Plains. For some reason, this half of the country has been extremely active. It's got me, as a meteorologist, just in awe. It gets you... Uh, excited. I said that twice now. It, it makes you remember why you got interested in into this is for these events, it's also very scary. Well, it's textbook. It's textbook. For week after week now, we've seen textbooks of your weather events across the country where they teach you something in school. The, the, the number one thing they tell you in weather school is, look, every event's going to be different. It's Mother Nature. It's always going to be changing. So look for the best-case scenario or, you know, the best case that... The best examples... Textbook examples, right? Like that, yeah. they, that, but but not you're never necessarily going to see that. So when we're forecasting snow here in Fort Wayne, we rarely see the best combination of snow. There's always what we call limiting factors. Well, with these severe weather events, there's been the limiting factors there, and in some cases, they've had a, actually helped stopped a couple events recently too. But the forecast setup going in, everything is just there like it's supposed to be, and it's. It's crazy because I feel like I'm back in school looking at stuff going, man, this is going to be bad for some people. Yeah, and and the damage that these things can cause is 
insane. We already talked about the debris. Let's talk about something else in our What the Hail segment. What the hail? So what the hail is what you would have been thinking if you were driving down a road in Upson, Georgia, after a tornado blew through. There are pictures and video of a home completely intact sitting in the middle of the road. We were just talking about the kind of destruction these things can do. It looked like something out of a movie. It was exactly out of Twister. The only thing is is that I don't think it was a two-story home. It doesn't look like a two-story home. And a car didn't drive through it. But Yes, but take that and imagine a home. I don't know how far it was displaced, but it was at least taken from its resting place on property, picked up, and dropped in the middle of a road. How do you move that? A <laughs> hundred and whatever mile power winds. I mean, that's incredible. And that's that, incredible. And that's why building codes have adapted over the last several decades in these areas where these tornadoes are common to try and make sure that these homes have the best chance to stay on their foundation. But it, right. some older homes don't have that. And you think about the people there. If I think I read no one was in that house, but I can't say for certain. I believe... Every, everything was good with the occupants of that house. I don't think anybody was in it. If that house was, was moved off its foundation, we tell you to go to your basement. If that house had a basement, I'm not sure, but just as an example, if you were in your basement and your house was displaced, you would be below that, hopefully taking cover, realizing your house is getting ripped off above you. Maybe you, you get down into a corner and put a book over your head or whatever and protect yourself. You give yourself a better shot in that instance by being below ground. So that's case in point right there why you need to be down in a low-level area, ideally in a basement, really. Yeah, and cleanup crews eventually took tractors and got to they, – they destroyed parts of the house. They moved it off of the road so people were able to get through because obviously a tornado went through there, so you got to be able to get to and from certain locations to make sure everybody's all right in those areas, but – Man, the images of that is just insane. Ups in Georgia, if you have a chance, go look it up. It's it's phenomenal pictures and some videos there that I can't believe that there's a house sitting in the middle of the road. Yeah, I've retweeted it on my Twitter as well, at WXStrus, S-T-R-U-S. I've got the picture of the house there, and I've also got a picture before that of this, the size of this tornado, and uh, it's huge, so... You know, if there if there wasn't enough going on already in the world, uh, severe weather, Mother Nature was not very kind to the South. So, got to keep those people in our thoughts too. Moving on, locally, we did okay this week. Let's talk about those hits and misses. Hits and misses. So the system that caused all this damage down in the Dixie Alley area with these tornadoes started to phase, as we say, come together with another system that was moving through the northern and central plains that was on track for us. And that, if you remember correctly, on Sunday, we had milder temperatures. We had a few rain showers here and there. But that was all out ahead of the system coming together, very potent, and sliding through. Now, we didn't see any severe weather with it. We saw mainly rain. 
just a few scattered showers, some moderate rain in some pockets. But the winds behind that and the punch of cold air associated with that was crazy once again. We've had it, what has this been, almost three straight weeks in a row where we've had a strong front move through? Well, that's what we're talking about. It's been active, you know. And yeah. the way these systems recover, the atmosphere always finds a way to balance out. So when you're going to have an extremely unstable day with chances for severe weather across the a large area, the atmosphere needs to balance out, and it does that pretty rapidly. Yeah, we, uh, we're we looking at temperatures on Sunday to pretty much fall throughout the day. It was tricky with the timing of the frontal passage. It was going to be right whenever the sun was coming up. And so we knew colder air was going to be coming in. We knew the high was going to be very early on in the day. Essentially, whatever the temperature was at midnight was what the high officially in the books is going to go down as. But we also try and forecast for the highest temperature that you and your day-to-day are going to experience so you know how to dress. Which is why on both of our forecasts on Sunday, if not Saturday, I can't remember when we put the arrow in, but we put an arrow in on on the day before usually to signify temperatures falling throughout the day. I think I had 53 with the arrow next to it saying temperatures going to be 53 right whenever you walk outside the door first thing in the morning on Monday and much colder for the rest of the day. That wasn't necessarily the case. We saw temperatures drop from the 50s down into the upper 30s in about the course of an hour and a half. So very rapid cooling. Uh, We didn't have that nailed down, so that's a miss right there. And we also warmed back up into the mid-40s by the afternoon because we did start to see a little bit of sun out there. Yeah, the projections on Sunday for Monday were pretty spot on in regards to the afternoon temperatures. Uh, The way that we had illustrated that for you was that we were going to be in the low 50s in the morning and fall gradually or at least fall maybe quickly down to the 40s but then hold the 40s for a period. And uh, like Adam was saying, we fell all the way down and then worked our way back up. So, Right, not quite what we were... What we were forecasting, pretty close, but but definitely a miss. Yeah, and it, we've already talked about the snow today. That right there is a hit for us. Yeah, the Wednesday chance for precipitation, that is today, the day we are recording, since Saturday morning, and actually going back behind that, I believe Nicholas had it in Friday night. That's not changed from us. We've had the chance for a rain-snow mix-in throughout the period. Uh, this This wave kept showing up. And uh, it turned out, like I said, it brought me a happy day today. Even if you saw all snow today, there was still a rain-snow mix off to the south. Basically, Fort Wayne was almost like the dividing line. Most of Fort Wayne saw all snow. Probably the southern half of Allen County started to see some mixing. Areas off to the south definitely started to see a little bit more rain than snow. So for us, that's a hit. To get that five days out, I mean, that was for something that was not also a massive system. This was a, a pulse coming through that was going to do just enough to, to bring us the chance for some some snow showers today. I think to be able to hit that was... Especially as far out as we were. Yeah, I think that was good. And again, a lot of that has to do with model performance. Um, yeah. The major models had carried it since last week. So to see that those perform very well too, obviously that's going to help us perform better. Um Especially something that's not... We had to take all the credit. Don't give the models well, any credit. We it, take all the credit. I think it's... I think when it's, when it's a larger system, you have the ability to work your art a little bit towards yeah. it and manipulate how you want it to work. These little pulses that are coming through, 
very hard to much, get down. Much harder to to see play out days in the future. So, and it looks like our chance for Friday is is holding as well. So, it'd be seven days out almost. That would have been that would have been pretty solid. That that would be pretty impressive. But we're patting ourselves on the back. But that's kind of what this hits and misses segment is. You know we let what? you know we were right, it's but been, we're also ragging on ourselves where we missed. It's been like three or four weeks in a row. I've been ragging on myself for my misses. So. You get mad at yourself for missing by a degree. Well, it's you know it, I I understand Mother Nature is not perfect, and this is such an inexact science. But there's such a desire. There's a little competitiveness inside me to just try to get it, try to get it right. You know, I give myself a plus or minus three degree cushion to be comfortable with. That's fair. So I don't beat myself up too much. Do I get upset if I was trying to bet on? going up a degree or down a degree like if you and i change our forecast by a degree if i come in and bring you down a degree well I'll, that happens Saturday we'll be night. paying attention and we'll be uh seeing who was closer to being right isn't that what happened saturday night I yes i brought it down a degree took it down to 61 i took it back to 62 for sunday and we ended up 63 yeah something like that so there you go you won yeah that's i was good. still within my three you know what we won though it yes, was a we good did. forecast this week so that's what we got in the hits and misses. We're talking about positive energy today. Let's get to a viewer question. It's the past the forecast inbox. So our past the forecast inbox question comes from Scott. He's heard a lot about the word grapple. It's been thrown around this time of year is when we usually start to hear it a little bit. He wants to know exactly what is grapple. Dipping dots. You ever been to... I don't know. A baseball the game. The mall, a baseball game, an amusement park, the fair, dipping dots. That is essentially what grapple looks like when it makes its way to the surface. But Adam, what is it? This is how it forms. So we have uh, snowflakes in these very tall, towering clouds. We usually see them in thunderstorms, uh, either right before or uh, right after the main part of the storm. Uh, uh, then we'll also see them in the spring and in the fall because the temperatures are a little bit uh, warmer to let all of this melt before it reaches the ground. So it starts off as a snowflake uh, in the upper part of the cloud, and there's this layer in most thunderstorms that is a layer of super-cooled water droplets. You have a question? No. Oh. No, I'm letting you talk <laughs> through it. You just opened up your mouth. I was very confused. Just breathing, man. Just breathing. All right. Well, you leaned up to the microphone like you are going to talk. <laughs> Super cooled water droplets takes me back to my nightmares of college, but yes. So super cooled water droplets, for those that don't know, is water that is below freezing, but still in the liquid form. Crazy science allows that to happen. But these snowflakes fall through this layer, and it basically gives them a little bit of a glaze, like if you have a light dusting of snow. Imagine that on trees, or even if you have freezing fog. You can get that little accumulation of ice on tree branches and on grass and stuff like that. Kind of like that. Imagine a snowflake going through supercooled water that allows it to accumulate and build up on this little ball of snow. And then, if it's, the temperatures are just right, it's able to fall all the way down to the ground as these so-called Dippin' Dots. Yeah, Dippin' Dots, man. Those are exciting days, too. As much as I'm excited about a little bit of April snow, I love Grapple. Grapple's great. It's very exciting to see because you don't see it all the time. People will call it sleet or hail. It's basically just little tiny snowballs. It's a unique thing all its own. 
it's all soft too, so it's not necessarily going to do any damage, which so is good. There you go, grapple. If you'd like to know more, there's numerous resources out there to where you can learn a little bit more about the different precipitation types, but there's a lot that can happen up in the clouds that's more than just rain and snow. Grapple's pretty cool. Um, and then there's another term that comes out of it called verga, which I kind of want to address. Uh, I was on s- Sunday morning. So Saturday or Sunday morning. Uh, it looked like it looked like there was rain on radar. Across northeast Indiana, southern Michigan, even stretching all the way back to northern Illinois. And every time I started my weather cast, I took a regional look. And I said, hey, we've got cloud cover over the region and what looks to be rain falling, but it's actually not. It's called Virga. The mid-levels of the atmosphere were saturated, but we had dry air at the, at the, the lower levels of the atmosphere. So whatever was going on up there wasn't reaching all the way to the surface. How do we know that? We have an advanced network of station uh, weather stations at the surface that report what's going on. The first thing we probably do on a lot of our shifts is, okay, it looks like it's raining. What's going on? Check those those stations, those weather stations, uh, the station plots, and see what's going on. And in this case, there was nothing showing up. So, Virga. Basically, the precipitation is evaporating before it hits the ground. Why does my Wayne 15 weather app show that it's supposed to be raining and nothing's happening? Virga. It's because the radar is picking it up, but it's not scanning all the way down to the surface. So, And that's the key, very briefly, I'm sure we'll talk more about radar and stuff throughout this podcast, but radar looks into the sky. So a radar beam is looking, visualize this. If there's a radar beam inside of a tower 100 feet off the air, it's going to be looking 100 feet into the air right where it starts. But as it goes over land, number one, the beam is angled a little bit. Number two, the curvature of the earth means that the beam will be looking further and further into storms that are far away from the radar. Hope that made sense. Basically, the further away from the radar you get, the higher up in the cloud it's looking. Right. And so in this case, we were seeing moisture because we were looking thousands of feet up. But at the surface, we weren't seeing anything. So, again, that's kind of the trained eye. Uh, some of the different tools we have as meteorologists to be able to tell what's actually happening. So the next time you're in the park and it looks like a shower's coming, but it doesn't rain, maybe it's Virga. And you can send in, if you have any questions about Virga, Grapple, you can send them into the past of the forecast inbox on Wayne at, or at Wayne.com. You can also leave us a message in the reviews on Apple Podcast or wherever you're listening to this, we check those too and give us a rating there and let us know how we're doing. And if we uh, can change anything, always trying to grow. Any plans uh, for the week ahead, Adam? Um, I might adventure into making something new. I don't know in terms of food. I don't know what it's going to be yet. I usually try and make a new recipe once a week right now. So okay, got to figure it out. That's why it's nice to uh, live across the street from a major supermarket. Oh, yes. E- easily go there, but not now. I have I have limited grocery shopping to basically once every two weeks. Oh, that's even better than me. I've been going once a week. I try to go once a week. Really try to think ahead. What am I going to need just to avoid the interaction with 
as many, many people, people as possible, possible which yep. is which is the goal here. So, and one other thing, obviously we're sports fans. Uh, did you see, starting April nineteenth, this Sunday night. This Sunday night. Yes. This Sunday night. I know what you're talking about. Uh, the. The Last Dance. It looks pretty awesome. That's the Michael Jordan documentary. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. So, uh, I'm looking forward to watching. I think it's two episodes a night, over five weeks. I mean, what a better time for that. Really excited because obviously I was born in 97, so any memories I would have of the Bulls, I was born at the end of the Jordan era. So I've only heard stories. I've seen the you know the highlights and stuff, but pretty pretty excited to get to see what they put together on this. Uh, we need some sports. We need some sports. So hopefully sooner this, rather than later. Hopefully it's this coming. It, hopefully this fills the void for a little while. Hopefully it will. All right. Well, we'll see you next time as we try and be 4% right about the weather this week. This has been Past the Forecast Podcast from Wayne 15.